Thanks for joining us today. We'd love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life. So we encourage you to share your story with us at info at fellowshipgj.com or by clicking the Share Your Story tab on the Church Center app. Also, if God is using this ministry to impact you, we want to encourage you to partner with us financially. You can do that by clicking on the giving link located on the description below this video, online at fellowshipgj.com, or if you're a member here at Fellowship Church, you can give through our Church Center app. This will help us to continue to bring the message of Jesus Christ to our community and beyond. Again, thank you for joining us and enjoy today's service. Good morning, church. Let's stand on our feet. Let's worship our Heavenly Father this morning. Come on.
reason that we have freedom is because of what Jesus did for us on the cross. And freedom is something he purchased for us by what he went through when he died on the cross. On your way in this morning, you received communion elements. If you're viewing from home, please scramble and find the closest thing you can to grape juice and cookie, or a grape juice and a cracker. A cookie would work, truly. Um, but we're gonna celebrate communion together. We're gonna remember what Jesus did for us on the cross. And as we do this, just understand that we're engaging in a tradition that's deeply meaningful and spiritual that's been existing for thousands of years ever since Jesus first initiated it the day before he went and died on the cross. I'm gonna read from the scriptures in 1 Corinthians chapter 11 and explain why we do this. It says, on the night he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took a loaf of bread and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. So what Jesus was telling us is that he was the only one in the room that day that knew that this would be his last night that the very next day that he would be arrested, that he would be betrayed, that he would be lied about, falsely convicted, that he would be beaten and ultimately be executed. Before any of that happened, he let us know that he was willing to go through all of that and endure all of that for our sake. When he said, this is my body. And then he took that bread and he tore the bread saying, this is my body, letting us know that he knew his body was going to be broken for us and that somehow in that breaking that it was going to purchase for us our salvation and friends Jesus had it all in heaven he had paradise he had a throne overlaid the Bible said it's carved in a single pearl and overlaid in gold Jesus had it all in heaven anything he could want or imagine but it wasn't enough because he didn't have us and that's why he came and that's why he was willing to die so that he could purchase our salvation so that he had the power to forgive our sins. And no matter how religious or good someone is, they could never forgive their own sins. They could never clean their own soul. And that's what Jesus knew and that's what he was willing to do by going to the cross. And so he asked us to remember this, to remember that he loved us enough to come for us, to remember that he loved us enough to die on the cross for us, to ask us to remember that he was willing to purchase our salvation and give us a home forever in heaven. And so that's what we're celebrating. That's what we're remembering this morning. So let's thank him together for the sacrifice of the cross. Dear Jesus, thank you so much for what you endured on the cross, that you would willingly out of love for us lay down your life forfeit your life in such a brutal manner to purchase for us salvation. Lord, we admit and know that we are sinners. We mess up all the time. Thank you that you forgive us and that you welcome us into your family and that you're preparing a home for us forever in heaven with you. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. And we partake of the bread together. The scripture continues, it says, in the same way, he took the cup of wine after supper saying, this cup is the new covenant between God and you. 
sealed by the shedding of my blood. Do this in remembrance of me as often as you drink it. For every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you are announcing the Lord's death until he comes again. So at the same meal on the night before his cross, he took the wine and he said, this is my blood. Now, obviously it's grape juice, but it's symbolic of his blood. And what's so beautiful about Jesus is that when he died on the cross, he actually purchased for us two separate things. He purchased our salvation, but he also purchased our wholeness and our healing. The Bible says in Isaiah 55, 53, that by his stripes, we are healed. He purchased for us healing. And maybe you're in this room today and you need healing in your body. You need physical healing, or maybe you need healing in mental health areas, or maybe you need financial healing or relational healing. Whatever it is, Jesus already paid the cost when he shed his blood. You see, before they nailed him to a cross, they whipped him and beat him and the blood ran down and that blood in and of itself purchased that healing. So we're gonna thank him for the shedding of his blood. And during that prayer, if there's an area of your life or if you want to remember someone specifically that you know and love that does need healing, let's mention them to the Lord and ask God to bring healing into their life or into our own lives. Jesus, thank you. Thank you for shedding your blood for us. Thank you, God, that you loved us so much that you not only purchased forever in heaven for us, but you also purchased healing and wholeness for us on this planet. And God, we ask for healing in mental health, healing in our bodies, healing in our finances, healing in our relationships. God, we lay all the areas before you where we need a special touch from you. And we ask that you would heal us and we thank you for shedding your blood on the cross. We love you so much and we're so grateful. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Guys, we serve such an amazing God who's so good and kind to us. Let's continue to worship him together.
God. Amen. Yeah. me you 
know miracles happen when we open our mouth, right? Because it's His authority. It's His authority that gives us the power to face the giants in our life. So what's the giant for you this morning? Maybe it's a new giant just popped up just recently. Maybe it's one that's been around for a while. Well, according to that song and according to scripture, you're on a team that's undefeated. So all you have to do is speak to the Lord and miracles will start to happen. So do that right now. What is it? Ask him, ask him to help you with your finances. Ask him to help you with your health. Maybe something's happened to you just within the last couple of weeks and you, you, you don't know what to do. You don't know how to handle it. Well, call in the creator of the universe on your behalf to do something, to work a miracle. Well, do that right now. Ask him. Maybe it's healing. Maybe you've got bad news from a doctor or you know someone that you love that did. Open your mouth and let a miracle happen. God, we all have our stuff and we can't handle it, but you can. So we give it to you. We give you our relationship woes. We give you issues that are going on with our kids. That giant is too big for us, but it's not too big for you. David didn't go out in that valley to face Goliath in his own strength. He slung the stone, knowing who was guiding it. He knew you were undefeated, God, and you're undefeated for us too. So make provision, give healing, mend relationships. We need your favor, God. Thank you for loving us. Thank you that you've put us on a winning team. Thank you that you've never lost a battle. Thank you for giving us the authority to speak to issues we may have in our life. And I pray that miracles would happen. Miracles would happen. Miracles would happen right now. In Jesus' name. We love you, God. We love you. Tell him you love him. Give him a praise offering as you do. We love you, God. You're so awesome. Well, guys, welcome to Fellowship Church this morning. As you wake your way back to your seats, just show yourself friendly uh, to the people that are around you. If you're a guest or a visitor here with us, thank you so much for coming to Fellowship. Now, if you're watching online, thank you also. We know that you have had a lot of opportunities to watch a lot of services this morning, but we're glad you're here with us. If you are a guest online or in person, the best way to register here at Fellowship is to text the word fellowship to 94,000. When you do that, you'll receive some information about the church. It'll bring you over to a link. If you're visiting here, here at the church, you can do that. Also, you can swing by the information counter, and when you do, you will receive a free specialty drink to our coffee shop uh, for everybody in your visiting party. So thank you so much, whether you're here or you're online, uh, for being with us. 
Thank you for being a part of the Fellowship family. Well, we're gonna continue to worship now, the giving of tithes and offerings. I hope you have prepared to give back to the Lord with your tithes and your offerings today. We don't pass buckets. We don't pass plates here. Uh, it's so, so easy to give. Uh, easiest way to give is through the Church Center app. Um, that's the quickest, the easiest. You can also text tithe. You can also give through a website. So if you're giving at home this morning, there's a ways for you to give. Also, if you're here, you can uh, drop an offering or a tithe off in our offering boxes in the lobby, or you can always mail those in. But as you give this morning in worship, let me say a prayer, a blessing over you. Lord, we love you and thank you so much for how good you are to us. Lord, you do battle for us in so many ways and you bless us in so many ways. And thank you for that. Thank you, Lord, for every financial blessing you put into our life. I pray, Lord, uh, uh, for whatever we're facing right now, that you would just come through for us financially, just like your word promises you will do. And help us, Lord Jesus, to stay faithful as we give to you. Let everything that would come in today be sufficient for your church's needs. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you as you give. Uh, over the last summer, we've had a lot of really cool things happen here at Fellowship, a few of which were uh, it are few in, uh, per the, what we want to talk about this morning, big events that happened. Uh, we're at the beginning of the summer, in the middle of summer for our youth and children's ministry. Memorial Day weekend, we took 250 uh, workers and uh, teenagers, middle schoolers and high, high schoolers to Camp Cedar Edge. And it was incredible. And I, I understand, got my, I uh, cut my teeth in ministry in youth and get youth camps and youth conferences. And so that's where I met my wife down in Texas at this incredible camp. And I got an opportunity for two years to work at what I believe was the best camp in the country. And so I'm really particular when it comes to camps and, and how uh, kids are, are taught and, and the activities that are there. So I'm, I'm pretty critical when it comes to that. And the truth is, is that our staff and our volunteers do such an incredible job with our youth camps and kids conferences that you can't keep me away from them. Like I, I'm not on the youth camp, but staff or, or anything. I just show up because I can't stay away from it because it's so cool to see what God does in our teenagers' lives. And so that happened over Memorial Day weekend. And then we had a kids' conference uh, over the summer. Many of your, uh, you parents brought your kids to the kids' conference. It was incredible. It was like a day camp here uh, at Fellowship. And I'm telling you, it is so cool to see what God did in your children's life and your teenager's life. Uh, those sessions are crafted and designed to move students to make a deeper commitment to the Lord. And their worship is so incredible. And to watch them worship, it, it brings tears to your eyes. And I wish that you could see uh, what what happens in those camps. I know that a lot of times, especially with kids conference, you're, you're dropping your kid off and you hear things when you pick them back up because they're jabber boxes, you know, by the time they get home. Uh, but to see what happens in those sessions is just truly incredible. So I wanted to take just a few moments this morning. We have a video that just shows some pictures and some video of some things that happened at uh, youth camp as well as kids conference, just to give you a peek inside of some of the things that they got to do last summer.
So for our youth ministry alone, for Camp 4640, that was four days over Memorial Day weekend, and we had all kinds of volunteers that came, gave up their Memorial Day weekend to, to minister to your kids. Not to mention the fact that they're here on Tuesdays and Wednesday nights uh, to minister on a weekly basis. And so uh, thank you. Thank you for that. As parents, as uh, leaders here at Fellowship, we could not do that without you. That's 250 kids. You know how many volunteers we need for 250 kids? You know your kids. You know, you can't handle three of them sometimes, but 250, that's a lot. And then for a kids conference, 230. I mean, God has blessed us with so many great children and youth here at Fellowship. And so many of you guys that work so diligently to pour into their lives Thank you very much. Give yourself a hand because you are a true, true blessing. Now, as we grow once again in our uh, live services, know that we now have more need for more help. And so we would love to have you be a part of the team. And it's so, so easy to be a part of the team. And I know for some of you, you may go, I don't even like kids. I, I can't do that doesn't mean you can't serve in children's ministry. For instance, we have a check-in team and all they do is check-in families back there uh, through our security system. And that's a great way to serve because you can serve there and then you can come to church right after and it all happens right here on Sunday. But maybe you do have a, a particular type, a age group of kids that you love, whether it's the babies or, or it's the infants. We need, we need some dads that will work in our K-1 class, kindergarten and first grade class. So many of our families, we don't have a dad in the house. And so we need you to be their spiritual dad. So guys, we would love to have you. And all you got to do is just come up and love on kids. We need uh, adults that will help with the elements on Tuesday and Wednesday nights, whether it's the foam pit or it's the spider jump, and we'll train you how to do it. So simple to be a part of those teams, yet we really, really, really need your help, especially now. So if you would, uh, it's super easy to volunteer. Uh, uh, you can do so from the Church Center app as far as filling out your app application, then we'll call you and set up an appointment to sit down with you. If you have questions or you need help filling out the application, uh, we'll have a team back at the west end of the lobby under the pergola on this side. We'd love to speak to you, love to have you be a part of Fellowship Kids or 4640 Ministries. A great way to pour your life into others and see what God can do. It's just, it's so cool. Also, we have young adults starting next, uh, September the 19th. That's right around the corner. So if you are a young adult. Uh, we have a really cool ministry starting up just for you. You do need to register on the Church Center app, or we'll also be at the same end of the lobby. Can answer questions for you on that. That's starting here really quickly. And then also Life's Healings Choices is starting back up October 3rd. That is for anybody that has a hurt habit or hang up, which is almost all of us, all of us. And so uh, it's a great ministry just to help you find resources from the Lord and then also accountability from others to be able to help you through just the trials of life. So we can uh, also answer any questions for you as far as that's concerned in the lobby this morning. Make sure that you do check out the Church Center app. You can sign up with all of those things on the Church Center app. God's doing some awesome things here at Fellowship and we want you to be a part of it.
no dementia, no blindness, no heart disease, no cancer, no viruses, no doctors, no hospitals, no funerals, no saying goodbye, no broken hearts, no scars. No scars in heaven. Well, I've been picking up a few down here. Yeah, I hear you, me too. You just don't get to keep them in heaven. And why? Here's why. We have a perfect God who made a perfect place for a perfectly forgiven people. He's awesome. If you have a loved one in heaven, a song like that, which, by the way, has been played on the radio a lot lately, uh, can bring back waves of emotions of the last time you talked to them, conversation you had, stories they tell. Ann and I have been talking about our parents, which they're all four in heaven, and the fact they were married for over 50 years, uh, their marriages, and what they died from, and how we missed them, how we missed their laughter, being able to hang out with them, play a little 42 dominoes on a Friday night with them, and how we'd love to do something like that with them again. But they are in, and your loved ones are in an, an awesome place, an amazing place. I wish I could describe it to you, but God himself said I can't. Matter of fact, he said it in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 9. He said, it has not been in any man's mind what God has prepared for those of us who love him. He said, it's not in our imagination. So if you've ever imagined what you think heaven is like or what your loved ones are going to be doing there, you've missed it by a long shot. We do know that our loved ones, and when you get to heaven, you can travel at the speed of thought. We know that. We know our body is going to be likened unto Christ's body. We know that it won't get ill. Won't get, we know certain things. We know no evil person will enter into that place. We're going to live in these beautiful places that were designed just for you as an individual, we get all that. But the Bible still goes on to say you can't even imagine. It is not in your capacity to be able to understand what it is that God has prepared for those of us who love him. And as good as heaven sounds, and thank God our loved ones are there, we are not loading up buses today in order for us to go there. We still have a lot of living left to live. And as you live down here in this life, the first thing that you understand is this is not heaven. And although you won't be hurt and you won't carry scars in heaven and you won't be betrayed and you won't be lied to and no vicious person will ever speak a word to your face that will hurt your feelings, that's not gonna happen there. In this life, it's gonna happen and it's gonna happen a lot. And the Bible says you can't live a life without pain. You can't live a life without being hurt. You can't live a life without having your heart damaged, your emotions damaged. So it isn't our goal to try to live through this life protected in such a way that we are not hurt. It is our goal to live in this life close enough to God so that when we are damaged, when we are hurt, when there are fresh wounds, when there are scars that develop in our life, whether they're inside or the outside, we quickly recover from them so that we don't waste any more of this life. That we don't get stuck stiff-arming men because a guy in high school hurt you. He was stupid. Let it go. 
We don't waste time not wanting another relationship because the last relationship we had went south or we got hurt or we got lied to or we got cheated on. But instead, we recover from them. We keep going. We just take that next step. Because God himself was very clear in telling you in this life, there's going to be certain things that happen to you. You are going to cause pain in the lives of others, and others are going to cause pain in your life too. And I wish either one of those were true, but they both are. And here's the verse on it. Take a look at the side screen. It's in Psalms, chapter 34, verse 19. The Bible says, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. Well, this is important enough that we got to break this thing down just for a minute. The Bible says many. That word means more than a few, right? Are the afflictions, that word afflictions means sufferings, hardships, and troubles. All of those call scars. Of the righteous. So if these people are going to have many afflictions, we need to know exactly who the Bible is talking about. Righteous simply means those that are in right standing with God. You go, well, how do I know if I'm in right standing with God? The only way to be in right standing with the Heavenly Father is to accept His Son, Jesus Christ, as your Lord and Savior. So whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So to have right standing with the Father means that you have to have a relationship with Christ, and that is how you are saved. So if you fall in that category, if you've accepted Christ as your personal Savior, then many are the afflictions of you but the Lord delivers him out of them all. Everybody, what does all mean? Yeah, all means all. There are many words that describe what happens when God involves himself in the lives of one of his children. Words like justification or sanctification or redemption. But there is one word that is as simple as it is profound. And it is the word better. Whenever there is divine involvement, there will always be automatic improvement. God involves himself in nothing that he does not improve. If God involves or engages himself with your heart, your heart gets better. If he engages himself into your mind and thinking, your mind and thinking gets better. If he engages himself into a relationship that has been dormant or is in trouble, that relationship has to get better. If he engages himself into your business or into your personal finances, your finances and your business gets better wherever he is involved. The outcome of his involvement is always improvement. What am I saying? God always makes everything better. So if you are to experience personal healing, if you are not just to be healed from the wounds that you've received in the past, the afflictions that have come your way or into your family or into your relationship, if you are going to get better, you also need to make sure that there are changes that happen along the way. Why? So you don't keep getting hurt over and over again the same way. Pain and wounds are going to come your way, but you don't want to keep repeating the same one in the same place. So what we want from this is we want to know how then, when we are afflicted, to be able to move on from that particular situation that allows a fresh wound, listen, to turn into a scar, which will one day turn into a story that you can tell, maybe even with some laughter mixed with some tears. 
Now, I'm not saying that the scars you receive in this life are wounds that turn into scars, because scars are always a sign that a fresh wound is in some kind of process of healing. I'm not saying that the scars will disappear in this life. They will probably always be there, always have a story you can tell concerning it, always be a little tender. Sometimes it gets a little numb, even a little sensitive. But these scars can be something that you don't have to live by, you don't have to be dictated to concerning your actions or what your future might look like because God wants and is the great divine change specialist. He is the specialist that is brought in when nothing else can fix your situation. And he does so, watch this, one day at a time. Let me put it better than that. Your joy is returning to you not today, but daily. Your peace comes back to you after a wound, not just today, but daily. Your happiness will return to you, not just right now, not today, but daily, if you will just carry out the formula in which God is giving us. And do you know what that formula is? It is going against every grain of your being, everything that tells you not to do this. What God is telling you to do is take the next step, to keep going, to not stop in that stuck place because you've been hurt in the past, but to just put one foot in front of the other. And last week, I gave you the first step, didn't I? It was the step of revelation. Revelation is that Holy Spirit-given knowledge that when two people hear something, one person says, ah, that's good, I'll put it on a screensaver, I might even make a bumper sticker out of it. And the next person, it changes their life. It radically changes them. It is not just that they have the information. It is not just that they have it. It is that it has them and changes everything there is about them. That is Holy Spirit revelation knowledge given to an individual. That is an important step to be able to move forward. Here's the next one, communication. If I'm going to get out of this, if I'm going to move forward, if things are going to change in my life and I'm no longer going to just put a wall around my heart because I've been hurt in the past and stay that way for the next 20 or 30 years, I'm going to have to have better communication with my heavenly father. Because there are some things that God wants you to know. You are not going to get out of these on your own. There are some things that you will go through where this person will give you this idea or that person will give you this plan and it's a new rears resolution that you're putting in place or it's some kind of success calendar that you put on the wall or a planner that you say, I'm gonna do this. And God's up in heaven looking at you going, have you forgotten that it is not by power or by your strength, but it is by my spirit, saith the Lord. There are certain things that God is simply not going to let you move forward from if you are not communicating with him about them. And that could be, not that he gave you that issue, that could be the reason why you haven't moved on from that issue. Because your heavenly father wants you to establish a prayer life, a relationship with him, of communication because pain has a way of getting you to pray when a sermon won't. And we're not just talking about random prayers here, little now I lay me down to sleep stuff, now bless the Lord, you know, bless my food, Lord. We're not talking about that. We're talking about smart bomb praying. We're talking about strategic praying. We're talking about prayers that have a target and go to hit that target and you continue to pray until God removes that wall that has been standing in your place. That step of communication, 
talking to him and talking to him about everything. Well, it leads them information. There's another step, information. Man, information is a map. Information helps you to know how to get to where you need to go. If you have energy without information, you are just going to get to the wrong place quicker. You must have accurate information. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't have time to waste in my life on inaccurate information. I don't want to make decisions on information that is not founded. I need to know what is true. Jesus, take the wheel. You take control. I don't need to know what everybody else says. I don't need to know everybody else's opinion. I need accurate information. And this is so important to me. I don't want to give out information that I don't know is accurate. People will call me from time to time just because of my age and stage in life. They'll ask me my opinion on something, not based on expertise, but maybe based on life experience. And sometimes I'll just give off an answer thinking I might know the what the answer might be, and, but then I'll hang up the phone and go, and I hope I told them right. Have you ever done that? Man, I hope I gave them the right information there. And then I'll Google it, I'll research it a little bit, and I'm telling you, if I find something out, I'll call them back and go, you know what? I may not have told you accurately about that. You might want to research that a little bit more, talk to a tax person, talk to a real estate agent. You might want to find out what's going on today and maybe what I told you was 15 years ago because I don't want to be guilty of giving out false information. Too many people just spout off information that, that they're not even doing themselves. Have you ever noticed that people will sometimes give you advice that they're not following on their own and there is no evidence of fruit in their life whatsoever, but they can tell you how to walk? They can tell you how to live? And I, we don't have time for information that is not accurate. I need accurate information in order to be able to go forward. I, I'm too old to waste time going the wrong direction. I'm too old to listen to everybody's opinion because I can't follow everybody's advice. As I get older, there's a lot of things that kind of slow down a little bit, but one of the things that I slow down is research because I don't want to waste time and I don't want to waste money on a bad decision because of inaccurate information. Have you ever bought something and a little bit later you did a little more research and thought, for the same money, I could have got this and the reviews on this are better and the reviews on what I got aren't. Have you ever made a decision and thought, well, I'm going to do this, and later on you got a little more information and thought, if I would have had that information earlier, I would have never made that decision. Anybody else but me, just me, and the 9 o'clock crowd? Okay, good. <laughs> Accurate information. The Bible says this. The Bible says there is a way that seems right to a man. Proverbs 16, this is Solomon talking, but the end thereof is death. I've heard people say this in the past, that they don't believe in Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. They don't believe Jesus was the Son of God. Yeah, there's a God, there's a deity, there's whatever. But somebody told me, and I read a book, that if you just wear this crystal around your neck, that this crystal is going to give you some kind of pure, powerful, positive energy that's going to launch you right into eternity. Okay. Can I tell you something? If you are wearing a stone or a crystal around your neck for any other reason that it looks good matched to the color of your shirt, you are stupid. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is some accurate information. You can't just go by what somebody thinks up, what somebody says, what the newest information. No, 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 no. You got to have accurate information, which leads to uh, application. James chapter 1, verse 22 says this, 
that one of my favorite verses, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourself. Do what it says. Just listening can be deceptive. Just because you come to a church service and just because you holler out, amen, I believe that, I agree with that, amen, put it on a bumper sticker, put it on your screensaver, you know, all that kind of stuff. Just because you do that doesn't mean you're going to be, it's going to apply to your life. If you do not apply the word, the word does not help you. The only word that can truly change you and heal you is the word that you act on. When the enemy can't keep you from hearing it, and obviously if you're at home or if you're in the service, he's not keeping you from hearing the word today, then the enemy wants to keep you from applying it. Oh, that's good word, that's good truth. I believe that's straight out of the word of God. And the enemy says, yeah, it is, it's good, it's good, but not today, not in your stage of life, not at 24, Uh uh-uh, you got time. The only word that will transform your life is the word that you apply directly to your life. Here's another one, elimination. Man, if I'm gonna heal from this, if this isn't gonna happen to me again, I'm going to have to eliminate some things from my life. Some things have got to go. Everybody say that. Some things have got to go. Now look at me when you say it. Some things have got to go. Because, and this is important, In order to change some things, you're going to have to change some things. Let me say it another way. In order to change some things, you're going to have to change some things. Wait a minute. Pastor, what are you saying? In order to change some things, you're going to have to change some things which means you can't keep doing the same thing over and over again. You can't keep hanging around the same people if the outcome of those people being in your life are not bringing anything positive. Take a look at this verse on the side screen. 1 Corinthians 15, 33 says this, do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. And that word corrupts doesn't mean that it happens to you immediately. Corruption or corrupt takes place in a battery due to exposure over time. That battery will slowly corrupt. The same thing's true when you hang around the wrong people or you have the wrong people speaking into your life. What that does is that corrupts your character. You can't be happy and positive and hope-filled and running around somebody who's cynical. You can't just run around anybody you want to because you, you would rather have company than change. It is better to be bored with no company than to be be occupied with bad company. I I didn't like some of the things I saw happen to me last year. I mean, I've been studying God's word strongly since I was 17 years of age, preaching it since then. I've been saved since I was 12. Uh, I, I love the Lord with all of my heart. I'm a very positive and happy person. I always have been. But last year, I saw some things happen in me that I didn't like. Last year, are you ready for this? I saw anger creep into my life. I was angry most of last year. And then being angry, I wasn't that much fun to be around. And then I saw my personality being affected in a negative way. And my personality ain't all that great anyway. But all these things started to happen because of me allowing bad company into my life. And bad company into your life doesn't mean just that person you're sitting down with having a cup of coffee with. Bad company can come right through your television set. 
in the form of a news outlet. Bad company can come right through your computer screen in the form of a social media feed. And we had to eliminate some things. Now, you may be okay with all that kind of stuff, but I wouldn't. So I had to eliminate a majority of the news that I was watching because I couldn't do anything about it, and all it was doing was ruining my day, messing with my personality, making me unhappy. I had to eliminate some social media platforms because of the feeds that were coming on that was just causing, stirring me up. Because I found out not only was I angry, not only was I unhappy, not only was I not fun to get along with, not only was my personality going south, but I also found out that I was being distracted from the main thing, staying the main thing in my life. And that was going ahead in the middle of all of it, living the kind of blessed life that God has called me to live in the middle of something that he's empowered me to live in. Letting my mind be ruled. Elimination, elimination. Here's another one, evaluation. It's another step you've got to take. The Bible says, Proverbs says, be sure to know the condition of your flocks. Give careful attention to your herds. This is important. Dear sisters with a very sweet feminine soul, would you look at me and let your older brother talk to you for a second? Would you let me do it? Just kind of look at me. Every woman in here has been hurt. You have all felt betrayal. You have all been lied to or lied about. You have all been spoken to in such a way at times where you have never should have been spoken to. You have had your soul wounded. All of you. All of you. And God wants you to go on to live this incredible, wonderful life. And for many of you, and I know, yeah, I see you in the lobby. I get you. I get it. I, I, we've had conversations. For many of you, you've had a guy break your heart, so therefore, when guys come around you, you stiff-arm them, right? And you want to be married by the time you're 30, but you hadn't had a date in three years because you have stiff-armed everyone since that junior in high school, right? And at some point, you've got to step back and say, I'm protecting myself, but is what I'm doing and the way I'm doing working? and bringing about the desired result. And if not, let that evaluation change the action and change the behavior. I had a single mom walk out this morning. She had about three kids, towing about three kids behind her. She said, Pastor, I'm getting my heart open again. I said, that's great. Because having it closed for the last five years haven't helped her at all. I'm trying to protect myself from getting hurt. Oh, please. Please, you're going to get hurt. Toughen up and just keep walking. You're going to get hurt. Toughen up and just keep walking. Because men get hurt, and men may still attach themselves to you physically, but they'll detach themselves to you mentally and emotionally. But it, the, the desired result, evaluate it. You say, okay, I want to do that. What do I do next? Determination. You have got to stay determined. Galatians chapter 6 and verse 9. Here's what God says. So let's not get tired in doing what is good. I'm so tired. I get it. At just the right time, and by the way, only God knows when the right time is, we will reap a harvest of blessing if what? People, everybody say it. If we don't give up. Just keep going. Take another step. 
I don't feel like it. I'm tired. I've been hurt. I don't want to experience that again. I just want to pull into a shell. I don't want another wound. I can't take another scar. These haven't totally healed yet. I don't want any more right now. I'm just going to pull back. No, 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 no. You keep going because once you hit that right time, and it's coming, a harvest of blessings is going to be poured on you by the Heavenly Father. You know what God didn't say? He didn't say if you stop, pull the covers up over the top of your head, put yourself in a foxhole, put shields around you, wrap yourself in bubble wrap, that you'll get better. No, God said, you're tired. Keep going. You don't know when it's coming, but I've got a harvest of blessing for those who don't stay stuck who don't stay protected, who don't stay stiff-arming, but who continue to do good. Would you bow your heads with me, please, for a second? This determination looks a little different between me and my heavenly Father. Sometimes my prayers look like this. God's saying, is that you again, Hooper? Or me saying, yes, Lord, it's me again. And God's saying, well, what do you want this time? And me saying, I want the same thing I asked you for last time. Because until I get the answer, I'm not going anywhere. I'm going to keep asking because I don't have anywhere else to go. And I don't have anyone else to talk to about this. So, Father, here I am again, communicating, walking, continuing, trusting, going for it. If you're carrying a fresh wound this morning, please don't play games in church with me. If you're carrying a fresh wound, you feel stuck. Trust does not come easy for you. You have been hurt. And you're not sure right now you have the energy. You're tired to keep going. Would you raise your hand? Just slip it up. Just Please stay real in here with me, please. Thank you so much. You can put them down. I love you. I hate that you've been wounded. I hate it. I hate it. But God did tell you you would be. For no other reason than you're his, and the enemy hates you. And those wounds come from all types of people in all types of ways. But I promise you, by repeating that which God promised you. If you will just keep going, let go of that brake handle. Be smart, be intelligent, be prayerful, ask for discernment. But if you'll just keep going, one more step, just maybe it's the next step, a harvest of change, blessing, and healing is coming your way. No scars in heaven, but you will wear them here. You will. They didn't kill you. So take another step. In Jesus' name, I speak this over you. Amen. Y'all go get them now. Thanks for listening to this week's message at Fellowship Church. 
If you have not made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, I want to give you the opportunity to do so right now. The Bible says in the book of Romans, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And you can do that right now. I just want to encourage you to pray this prayer with me. Dear Jesus, I am a sinner and I need forgiveness. Please forgive me of my sins. I believe that you are Lord, that you died on the cross for my sins, and that you rose again. And God, I thank you for that. I ask you now to be my savior, to guide my life, and give me a home forever in heaven. And God, I ask you this in your precious son, Jesus Christ's name, amen. If you just prayed this prayer for the first time, we would love to celebrate with you. Please text HEAVEN to 94000 to get in contact with our staff where we can answer any questions you may have. Also, if you're in need of prayer, we would love to support you. You can submit your prayer request by texting PRAYER SUPPORT to 94000. Our prayer team will receive your request and immediately start covering you. If this was your first time experiencing Fellowship Church, or if you want to learn more about one of our many ministries, you can text FELLOWSHIP to 94000 to connect with our staff. As always, we are still just a phone call away. You can contact us at 970-245-PRAY with any questions. Thanks again, and we hope to see you next week in person or online.